thank you for uh, coming to I'm Black House. We're here to uh, talk to Jay Cool, Johnny, Jay, everybody know him, um, everywhere in the city of Chicago here at Legacy Cuts. I'm going to hear talk to him about different things in the barbershop, um, his crazy mastercraft that he has. We appreciate you joining us at I'm Black House. Um, so tell us a little bit about who you are and how you got started um, in the barbering game. My name is Johnny Akins. I'm a licensed barber, a licensed educator, um, owner of Legacy Cuts Barbershop. Uh, I got started cutting hair when I was like 12. Um, my father used to cut my hair and sometimes he'd get all work late. And I was like a really impatient kid, so I tried <laughs> to do it myself. And, uh -huh. um, you know, people really thought that he did it. So, really? Um, that's how I really got started into it. I cut my own hair. Then people was asking me because I knew how to draw and um, they wanted the designs in their head. So, you know, I knew how to draw. I tried it out with the clippers on myself. Then I started cutting little kids in the neighborhood and it just pretty much went from there. Wow. That's pretty dope. Young, yeah. like young. You knew like from the beginning, especially because you were drawing. That's why uh, cuts are so precise and you're so cold with the different designs in the head because you know how to draw. Mm -hmm. I knew it was something because everybody that I show your picture, they're like, that's one, he one hell of a barber. Like, how does he do that? Yeah. You know, so yeah, that's that's pretty dope. Go ahead, Janelle. Um, I looked at your work and I thought it was amazing. Especially I saw the, the young dude that had the Black Lives Matter cut in the back and mm -hmm. I was like, yes, he definitely has a precision game. <laughs> I mean, the lines were to the niche in the whole nine. But I wanted to know, you know, we are stuck in a COVID-19 era right now. How have you continued to be able to keep your doors open uh, amongst all that that's going on in this climate? Well, it, it's tough. You know, uh, we got a lot of different guidelines that we have to follow. Majority of the uh, guidelines that they put in place for us, we already done that anyway. As barbers, we, you know, we um, went to school for infection control and things right. like that. So it really wasn't a... Um, uh, uh, something like it, it really wasn't that um, hard. The only thing we had to do is like wear the mask now, mm -hmm. and um, <laughs> you know we're wearing gloves. Most barbers wear gloves. Some barbers wear gloves uh, anyway. Mm -hmm. So with the um, with the mask, it's just you know that's the only really major thing as far as like we always clean our equipment, our chairs, our capes, things like that. So it really wasn't as toughest you know it's more mental than, mm -hmm. than anything else i think that's dope because a lot of people like you know we are having to like shift and kind of pivot mm -hmm. but when you already have a standard of excellence that you already have you know it's like okay we just got to put on the mask right and you know so but i don't think that a lot of people view it from that perspective you know no they don't right um, it, it, a lot of people you know like they, they seem to think that we just cut hair mm -hmm. you know we went to school for 1500 hours and during that time, we were in the classroom learning about diseases, learning about uh, infection control, how to properly sanitize and sterilize your equipment. So just basically back to the basics with us. Right. Yeah, that's good because a lot. I think that even with, um, I could say with hairdressers, because I'm a woman, so I'll get my hair done, you know? <laughs> but it was like huge, like, oh my God, we won't be able to get our hair done. Even like the, cosmo the, the professional cosmetologist, like, okay, so I don't know what we're going to do, mm -hmm. you know, because it's not as, I guess, I mean, they're professional, don't get me wrong, but like with barbers, because you're using the clippers and the shears constantly, uh -huh. and you already use gloves all the time for every service. It's you know? easy transition. Yeah, or not even easy, but just when you already have a standard of excellence, 
mm-hmm. you just roll right like you just need to put the mask on because this is how we roll already we already so like the barber side um you know the child that all of the perfect licensed um professionals had to do like y'all like we've been doing this so this is nothing you know mm-hmm. what i mean like because i see everybody keep posting it and i'm like but what they supposed to be doing that already or like the nail shops and stuff like this like they you know i know you probably have to recertify it now because of the covid but when you've been running your shop as a standard of excellence already disinfecting it's just like oh this is just who we are mm-hmm. it's not a big huge thing to implement into the um to the barbershop right and kudos to you guys for remaining open i see a lot of businesses that are closing down, especially as we get pushed back to a level three, because they can't sustain themselves in this current climate. So kudos to you for remaining agile, to be able to keep the doors open, keep our community employed, because definitely that's important. People gotta feed their family. So we, we definitely appreciate every every risk that you're taking during this um, current current pandemic. But what are some of the key things that you that carry you to keep pushing towards success? I want to be successful. You know, that's 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 what keeps me. I have a uh, I have a family uh, that I have to provide for. Um, I really enjoy doing what I do. You know, I, I gave up a lot to do this. Yeah. So I'm gonna give my all into it. You know, and um, that's basically that's what what keeps me going. You know, just if I want to succeed. I got goals, things that I want to get accomplished things I want to do before my career is over with and to, to accomplish those I just got to keep going that's right and I want to dig a little into that and you don't have to give us anything that you don't feel comfortable but you said you gave up a lot to do this mm-hmm. and then, and if people don't know I know you won 67 times so people may look at that <laughs> and be like oh he got it under control it's nothing for him what are some of the things that you did give up to do this um, the only other job that I ever wanted to do was uh, work at the post office like my father, <laughs> okay. the mail. I did that for 13 years. Um, I ended up started back cutting hair. You know, um, one of my, my niece had told me that I was too old to cut do designs anymore. <laughs> so I, it really it, it started back off trying to prove her wrong mm-hmm. by cutting one of her friends, and I did it and I posted it. So that's what got me back into cutting hair and made me want to go to school because I enjoy doing it, but. I gave up a 13-year career at the post office, mm. a, you know, a job that I really love doing because I love this more, mm-hmm. yes. you know, so I had to give it my all. If I wanted to succeed, I just got to do what I got to do. Yeah, that's pretty dope. Mm-hmm. I want to ask you a question because a lot of times when you think about balance, people always think about women. Like, oh, how do you find the time and to be able to balance work? But you are a business owner, you know what I mean? You employ other people, you're a father, you're a husband, you're a family man. So how do you create the balance or how do you like try to get the balance from your business life and your family life? From um, trial and error, you know, the um, first two years was like the toughest. Um, when you start a business, you want to make sure that your business you succeed. The uh, good thing is that I had a, I have an understanding wife, uh, my kids were at that age where they they were teenagers, you know, starting yeah. as teenagers, and once they become teenagers, you know, they don't want to spend as much time with mm-hmm. their father like exactly. that. Exactly. Bye. So, bye. <laughs> Drop me off. Give me some money. You know, that's right. about it. But um, I was with that, and then my youngest, she was up here a lot with me. Okay. So um, it worked itself out. Um, it was tough the first two years. I, I spent a lot of hours in the shop. I worked six days. Uh, the wow. first year I was here by myself, 
you know, the whole okay. year. So I put in hours from eight in the morning to eight at night. Wow. Six days a week. Yeah. So it was tough. So as things started to get better, um, I learned that I can't do 12 hours a day, mm -hmm. six days a week. So once we got the, got the staff, got more barbers in here, I started to cut back. You know, we, we made our hours uh, five days a week. Okay. Um, you know, anywhere from, we worked from nine to seven. Okay. Um, some stayed to eight, but, um, you know, it's just from trial and error. I learned from the first two years, you know, you have to do what you got to do to keep your doors open. Right. Mm -hmm. Then after that, you have to do what's best for you and the business. Um, and I was just lucky enough that first year I got a barber who was here with me constantly. Uh, Corey was here with me, you know, it was me and him for almost a year wow. before we got our next barbers. And after that, that's when things had took off. Wow. Just out here grinding, making it happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And being consistent. I think it's really important when you said you had a job you love because most people, uh, most people hear about walking away from a job they hate, nine mm -hmm. to five. And it's good to hear that you may not hate your job, but mm -hmm. there's something that's a passion that you have more mm -hmm. that you want to pursue. And it's okay. To, to choose that over the, the job that you that you love yeah I mean it it was it was I, lo I love doing what I, I love being a mail carrier um, but like you said I mean I, I enjoy cutting hair more mm -hmm. I felt like when I was cutting hair I wasn't even working mm -hmm. you know I felt like hey I'm just doing something I enjoy doing I'm just art you know, I'm getting paid to, to have fun, mm -hmm. doing something I enjoy doing. Mm -hmm. um, so that, that's what made it a little easier for me. Now, when I did it, I looked at that. I had to 5 p.m. I called off. I mean, I resigned okay. uh, at 12 noon. Mm -hmm. And they told me I got to 5.30 to change my mind. Wow. You know, looked, you know on, on a computer. Okay. So I looked at the phone. I mean, the phone, not the phone. I looked at the clock like every 20 minutes. Of course. Wondering, like, should I go back? Yeah. What if people stopped getting their hair done? Mm -hmm. It was during the time when a lot of people started wearing locks. Yeah. So their hair. So I'm like, what if everybody get locks? Or what if right. this? What if that? You know. So right. it was a whole lot of, whole lot of things that had me, uh, you know, to to wonder like, was it gonna work out? But I just said, you know what? Hey, I came this far with it. I really want to do it, so I just got to go for it. That's right. right. Mm -hmm. That's right. That's strong. Absolutely. So from what you say, it sounds like your dad was your biggest role model growing up. Yeah, he he was. My father was. Um, he taught me a lot of different things. You know, he taught me about being a man, um, not being afraid of different things, um, a, a lot of things. You know, mm -hmm, he taught me mm -hmm. a lot of things. My grandfather was another person. Both my grandfathers, I looked up to them. You know, so I had a lot of men in my family that was like uh, strong men, oh, that's and wonderful. they pretty much taught us a lot. So career-wise, who has been your the biggest role model? Or had the biggest impact on? you and your business and, and cutting hair? Um, Career-wise, my biggest role model was my mentor, uh, William Chap Durham. He passed away two years ago, sorry two to hear and that. a half years ago. Uh, he was my biggest um, role model, supporter. Um, everything that I did, I wanted to do it, try to make him proud, represent him, represent my school. That's the reason why the, um, the colors I shop is red and black, because that was the colors um, for his product line, wow. so I did that as like a tribute. But uh, he was the most uh, important role model uh, for me in this barber industry. He pretty much taught me. He taught me the business. Mm -hmm. I knew how to cut hair when I went to school, 
but he taught me how to uh, do more than cut hair. Mm. And that's important. Yeah. That takes it from a little bit of money to a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that could take you from a side hustle <laughs> to mm -hmm. help building an empire, a legacy for your family, you know? Absolutely. And I, I want to ask you a question. You um been in the game for years. You've won damn near every award there is to win. How do you consistently stay on top of your game? Because, I mean, I know people, you know, when you go to the Bronner Brothers shows, I know they like, we got to be J. Cool, we got to come for him. You know, but how do you consistently stay at the top of your game when, you know, I know it's like younger people been in the game or people just gunning for you? Mm -hmm. um, basically, I compete with myself. You know, right. every time I do something, I want to do it better. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't really look and worry about what other people are doing. Okay, like I, I won Bronner Brothers too two times in a row each time you win you have to sit out for three years so the oh, second wow. time i had when i sat out three years i came mm -hmm. back and i won it again and what i just wanted to do was do something better than i did the first time mm -hmm. make sure i do it better than what i did the first time and uh, i pretty much compete with myself um yeah that's that's it i compete with myself i don't i don't worry about anybody else love that mm -hmm. there is no competition Absolutely. compete with yourself mm -hmm. <laughs> Um, we've had a culture of keeping our haircuts fresh. With so many barbershops in our community, how have you made your mark, and how do you continue to create your niche? Um, by, well, the main thing is being being here, being on time. You know, uh, clients respect a barber that's, that takes their time uh, and cares about their time. You know, better um, say that and respect have, the time. Mm -hmm. I have appointments, I do appointment only. Uh, if I don't have an appointment and a walk-in come in, I'm gonna cut that walk-in, but I only do appointments. I make sure my uh, appointments are on time. Uh, most of my, majority of my clients, they they respect my time because I respect theirs. Yes. They, my clients be on time and, you know, it grows just like a machine, you know, like most of my clients, at the, at the most, they might have to wait two or three minutes over their time limit. Time oh, we need to take you need to train the beauty professionals <laughs> expeditiously <laughs> so that's, that's, that's the that's the main thing um giving them what they want you mm -hmm. know some barbers will cut their hair like how they want to cut it but you have to listen to your client mm -hmm. and cut the hair the way that they want it. right it might not be something you like mm -hmm. but if, if they want it then you got to give it to them right. mm -hmm. customers you know, so. always right whatever you want and, um, and just you know, putting your niche on every haircut. You, each one of your clients is like a representative of you. Mm -hmm. You know, when they walk out on the street, you want people to say, who cut your hair? You right. know, so they can tell them. You know, you, don't, you might not have never have to pass a card out. If right. you take care of the clients that you got, mm -hmm. you'll get referrals. Yes. So that's, that's the main thing. That's what I go by. Yeah, and your work speaks for itself. I mm -hmm. mean, straight up. I mean, like, my hair is not done today, but when it is done, you know, like, people always ask me where I get my hair. You know, like, what is your hair? Like, it's really cute. So, I mean, when people see your work, they know, like, oh, I need him to cut my hair. If I had a kid, this is where my kid would be coming to get his haircut. No, if, is what's about it. Like, no, you got to go to J. Cool. He going to cut your hair. He's going to be on time, precise. Mm -hmm. He'll fade you up, do whatever it is, you know. And I love how you, um, you can collaborate with other people, you know. Like, so if there's somebody that was getting locks, you know, I know at one time you had... Uh, the person was doing a lot so i mean it's dope that you can collaborate with anybody not yeah. just barbers you know you're an educator across uh -huh. the board you yeah, know we like like here we got um uh chrissy does locks tiffany does locks key does locks you know we we have more more than 
they don't just cut hair, but we do different things. Yes. Mm -hmm. So it's easy, like those collaborations, hey, I, she can take care of your locks and I'll do your cut, mm -hmm. or I'll do your color and they'll do your locks, different right. things like that. So it's all about uh, surrounding yourself with a talented team. Yeah. One thing that we did when we were uh, thinking of interviewing you for it, the one thing that Hane kept saying is he's so professional. <clears throat> and I think that's evident in the way that you communicate and in the way that you actually care about your customer's time. Um, that's important. I think that's one of the things that we struggle with in our community is uh, a standard of professionalism across the board. Mm -hmm. You know, you're going to either get something great, but a person may be late. You know, or they be on time, but then maybe the actual quality of the work isn't as great. So I think that you are setting the trend by doing that with your staff that it's important to have both. You can't uh -huh. just be great professionally, but lacking quality. Right. So we definitely appreciate that as well. Uh -huh. Absolutely. And you not only you know are an educator, a barber, you also teach classes. Um, in addition to that, you are the founder um, of uh, the Champion Barbers Competition. Uh, I'm not the founder. I'm the president of it. Okay, um, okay. Tell us that, about that. How'd y'all create that? Okay, a um, friend of mine, uh, we all used to compete back in like 2013. Uh-huh. Um, a guy named John Ruff, he um, he started the group. Mm. I was the first one, the first member of the group. Okay. So what it was, was we used to compete against each other all the time. Mm-hmm. At the different shows, the local shows. Some of us would go to different shows out of town. We'd always be competing against each other. Mm -hmm. So what we decided to do was form a team and with this team we would go around to different cities okay and what's the point of fighting with each other all the time come on we can just go to different cities and do things like that so we might send four members to one city four members to go to the other another city you know we would break up and split out and go to different states right and that way we can um we won't have to compete against each other all the time but um we still compete, but we go in, in different areas. Sure. And we like, get our team name out there that way. So instead of just winning in Chicago and Indiana, we now we now we went in Chicago, Chicago, Indiana, Nebraska, and Iowa. Come on. And we go into Atlanta. We, we you know we went to a lot of different states, and we mm -hmm. did real really good those mm -hmm. first two to three years. Okay. And then after that, it became more uh, not just on the competition side. We started to train and teach other barbers, like. Every wow. every um, so often, when we with our group, we always have the um, the members that's been around a while. But we always add one person that maybe a student or somebody who just got out of school, okay. so we can train them uh, on the ways of how to do things the correct way. I love that. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. That's what's up. Creating a barber community. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 And, and a else, community of excellence. Right. You know. Who else to who else to uh, learn from? than some of the best barbers around. Absolutely. You know? So it was like our little road trips we have, we get to our rooms, we might have three people in each room and then we come together and we just talk about different tips. Mm. Like I can learn something from Floyd, Floyd good with, with the color. Yeah. And John good with the, with the uh, shaping. I'm good with creativity. And you know, we got a lot of barbers that's good in all areas and they make each other better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. I love that. Collaboration, right. that's what's up. <laughs> Giving back is something that we all must do to keep our neighborhoods thriving. How do you give back? I give back in my uh, time. It's a lot of things that I do uh, with my clients. Um, 
it's a lot of things I do with my clients that I don't really like to let be known. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I don't do things for people just to, to, to broadcast it. I don't. I really don't believe in that. I, um, right. I don't like it. Like if you're feeding the homeless, you ain't got to be taking pictures of yourself doing it. Right. Or like putting it on for, video. <laughs> putting it, things like that is like for attention. But um, yeah. I do a lot for my clients. Like, uh, uh, like going back to school to mm-hmm. me, that's that's not a like a super big deal. It's a good thing they're going back to school, but reward them when they do certain things in school. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, like when my students graduate, when all my clients graduate, they got something coming from me. Mm-hmm. Um, diff- you know, different things. I don't want to get into it. Right. But yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, it's a lot of different things. I uh, mentor a lot of new barbers that come out of school, barbers mm-hmm. that's still in school. Um, I do a lot. It's like it gets to the point that sometimes I have to make time for myself because <laughs> I get messages and questions and about this and that, and I, I think that's how I give back. That's great because you know you, when you were just explaining that, it made me think about how you said that you had so many impactful men in your family uh-huh. that were for you, and you are, you know, closing the circle, making it come full circle, and you doing that for so many other people. Uh-huh. You know, even though like sometimes. You know, people, we look at things and we look at things from like a material perspective, right? Like, Uh oh, you know, they did this and they, you know, gave this amount of money. But when you are pouring into a person personally, that is, that's amazing. You know, that's the kind of thing that that lives on forever. Uh Because now the people, the men who downloaded into you, now you've turned around and you downloaded into other people. And Uh they continue going because you've created this atmosphere and you've created this community. So I think that's crazy dope you know what I mean as a black man one because we see so many negative things about black men but you're a black man you from Chicago you know what I'm saying your shop in the hundreds you know what I'm saying but ain't nobody up here smoking weed you know you're you are a black man who is the black man that the world needs to see right and that's, you know? that's one of the things like I that I try to um that we, I tell the barbers in the shop you know we in a we in a neighborhood where we have at least five barbershops from 111 to 115, it's like right. five to six shops. Mm-hmm. We got to stand out from them. Yeah. You know, we got our clientele that comes through here, they feel safe, they want to feel safe, they feel comfortable. Uh, they know it ain't going to be no drinking and no smoking and things yes. like that in our shop. Those will be things mm-hmm. that, those will be things that will turn our professional clients away from coming here. Immediately. You know, people already give us a bad um, reputation because of the, the neighborhood that we the in. Right. But yeah. until they come in and they see our shop, then they'd be like, oh, man, it's the best shop that we've ever been in. Things yes. like that. So we want to keep those type of uh, we want to keep those type of things being said about our shop. Yeah. I mean, because even when I was at the door and I came in, I was like, dang, this shop is big. I didn't expect mm-hmm. it to be so big. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And, like, you know, for our listeners, you can't see, but Johnny has everything COVID-19 <laughs> already, okay? Like, I remember seeing you getting the shop ready, mm-hmm. like we're getting ready. You know, just that standard of excellence is beautiful. And I know I keep saying it, but it excites me because, you know, you set in the bar and it's not just for one way. This is who you are all the time. You know, so it's amazing. Shop is crazy clean. All of the accolades on the wall. I mean, everybody, all of these shops, I mean, all of the um, competitions that you won and the crazy trophy case back there is stupid crazy. (laughs) But, you know, it goes to show your hard work. So when you walk in and people know your story, this is really a reflection of who you are. It's evident in everything that you do. That's what I was going to say. You know, winning a competition once or twice 
you know, that could be a coincidence. But winning something 67 times shows a standard of excellence. And, you know, and I keep saying that we really appreciate what you do is because our generations need to see people show up on time. People having a thriving business, people hiring people and, and helping them provide for their families, uh -huh. giving back because giving back outside the shop is just as important as giving back in the shop. It's somebody's life that's changed because you decided when they graduated to help them or to mentor them. So all of those things are very important as long with the business because that's what our communities need. That's what we're lacking a lot of times. And, and that's why we really definitely appreciate everything that you do career-wise in the shop and outside the shop. Because it takes away from you and your family. Yeah, yeah it does. And um, it's, it's not all peaches and cream. You know, I, mm -hmm. have, my, I have my moments where I get frustrated about mm -hmm. things. Of course. And, um, you know, people can't see all of the things that I mm -hmm. see. They mm -hmm. don't know the different things that I have to go through. Right. And stuff like that. So, I mean, like I said, it's a learning process. It's, mm -hmm. it's an everyday learning. Um, I'm not perfect, you mm. know, uh, but there is that I am doing the best that I can. Um, you know, it's just it's not easy. It's just not easy. It's just not. Hey, I'm opening the shop up, and this and that. I have to deal with nine other personalities. Yes. They deal with nine other uh, problems, nine other ways of thinking. Um, not only those nine, I had the day clients, my right. clients, so it's like, it's just, you know, one person can come in and all they have to worry about is just them and the people they cut. But I had to worry about them, the people they cut, the people that the other eight people, the other eight people that they cut. Exactly. You know, all, all of the people that I cut, you know, so it can get frustrating at times, you know, and it's a lot of... It, it, it can get frustrating at times, but of course. The, bigger, the bigger picture is, is worth it. Yes. You know, it's worth it. And we thank you for taking the time. We have, um, those are all of the heavy questions. Mm -hmm. So we have one part um, that's called I'm So Chicago. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's just basically just, you know, some questions about Chicago, about what you prefer in the city. Okay. <laughs> so uh, Janelle will take over. So the first question is, I'm so Chicago. I rep South Side, West Side, North Side, East Side. Southside. Of course, the best side. The best side. <laughs> um, I'm so Chicago. I love house music, R&B, step set. Rap. <laughs> <laughs> but if I had to pick from those, uh, house music. I'm so Chicago. My favorite team is Blackhawks, Bears, Bulls. Of course. I know Bulls. you're going to say the Bulls. Well, we already yeah. know. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I'm so Chicago, I shovel my spot out and put a chair to save my spot. No, I don't, I don't, I don't do that. <laughs> but I'm I, 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 I shovel it, but I don't, I don't put the chair in there, you know. Let's see. I'm so Chicago, my favorite Chicago museum is? Uh, the Art Institute. Everybody loves the Art they Institute. Sure Why is it the Museum of Science and Industry? I'm so Chicago, I attend the Bud Billiken Chosen for You House Picnic or the Taste. So you, know, I, you know what, dog? Uh, Johnny's like none of certain, them. Certain crowds. I don't I like know. the big crowds, but I, I, I would say the taste. The taste. <laughs> I can tell your face was like, uh. Okay, I'm so Chicago. I, I eat this restaurant. I have to. It's a staple. Italian fiesta. Italian. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you. Okay, how old it is. It's the best. Let me ever. tell you, that you know that's Jamie's favorite pizza, too. Yeah. That girl went, uh uh, we want Italian fiesta. <laughs> it's the best. I'm trying to tell you. Favorite thing about Chicago? Um, my favorite thing about Chicago, 
That's how people come together. You know, uh, we get a lot of negative rap for the, you know, the, the murders and the violence and things like that. But when it comes to coming together, the real Chicagoans, they come together. Like yes, after the, the looting and everything, the That's next right. morning you should see all the people in the neighborhood yeah. that was out here was cleaning up and cleaning the neighborhood up and things like that. Now they didn't work for the city, but right. they were just out here cleaning the neighborhood up and people didn't see those type of things. Absolutely. We do get a bad rap. We hear more about that than anything else. Of course. Have you seen a skyline doper than Chicago? No. Because there isn't one. There isn't <laughs> one. one. Uh, Johnny, we thank you so much for uh, taking time to, you know, out of your schedule. You know, Absolutely. we got you up early in the morning. <laughs> so, but we thank so you for sorry. talking uh, to I'm Black House. Uh, this is going to be on our podcast, of course. Thank you, everybody. Um, Johnny, uh, Johnny Aiken's um, shop is in Chicago, 114. 11. Uh, one, 114, 11, 11 South Michigan. Michigan. Uh-huh. Legacy Cuts. You can follow him on Instagram at jccutz 4 u uh, on Instagram. Johnny Aikens on Facebook. Yeah, make sure you find them. We'll have all of the uh, everything um, uh, posted in our comments as well. So thank you so much, Johnny. We appreciate you. Um, no problem. Appreciate you all. And keep doing, you know, keep doing you, man. Keep doing you. We love it. We love it. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you.